Well, I've got a real treat for you on this week's episode, ladies and gentlemen. Particularly if you're doing presentations and you've got a little bit of fear or a big bit of fear about doing that presentation. So this is going to help you overcome that fear and also give you some amazingly great top tips on how to deliver a really effective presentation. Hey everybody, welcome to Better Presentations, More Sales. This is episode 173. So here I am, Trevor Lee, based in Truro, and this is unbelievable. But my guest today is Simon Trevathan. That sounds like a Cornish name. Well, it is a Cornish name. (laughs) And for those of you not sure that Truro's in Cornwall, well, G7, we're very famous now in Cornwall after that a few weeks ago. Uh, Simon's now in Canada, but... um, And his company is called Elevate Your Greatness. And on this show, Simon's going to share with you some amazing tips because he helps leaders and entrepreneurs become exquisite communicators. And in the show, he's going to share some really great tips on how you can do that communication through some really good presenting stuff, including, as I mentioned in the preamble, how to overcome any fears you have around presenting. So some really great stuff. You're going to enjoy this. So let's get over there now and meet Simon. So, Simon, great to have you on the uh, on the show. Thank you very much for coming along. Would you like to uh, introduce yourself to our listeners, please? Absolutely. So my name is uh, Simon, Simon Trevathan. I often go by Simon T. It's a lot easier. And as Trevor would know, that is actually a very Cornish name. So I was kind of born and bred in Cornwall. So there's a bit of a strange connection there. But I'll tell you, I actually now work uh, predominantly in North America. So what I do is essentially three things. I help organizations and executives become exquisite communicators, help them innovate and help them lead massive change. Wow. So, well, it's, you know, that Cornish connection, Simon. Yeah, we, we clearly did know about that before we came, before we came on the show. But uh, I can't think of anyone unless they're actually, you know, living here and it's very few people being on the show with a Cornish connection before. So that's fantastic. So there we go. And uh, Truro as well. So, so absolutely brilliant. So, so tell us about the speaking that you, you you do as well, because you do quite a lot of speaking, don't you? Yeah, you know what? I'm, I would say, a recovering corporate executive. And I'm <laughs> sure like many of your, uh, of many of your uh, audience, I have sat through thousands of mind-numbing presentations. And I think for me, and as we all know, often people get confused because they have PowerPoint keynotes that they actually have a presentation. What you have is a presentation document. And so my passion started thinking of how can you actually become an incredible speaker? And you look to history, you look to people now, and what are the kind of the secret ingredients that makes them great? And so one of my work is imparting those kind of secrets and tips on how to make you a better communicator. And by the way, you better salesperson, a better picture of ideas, and honestly, inspiring your staff stuff particularly this time of covid well you have our listeners attention there simon with what you just said for sure so uh, because i'm sure many of them out there uh you know that this is called the better presentations more sales podcast and many of them out there are you know are, are trying to improve their presentations trying to improve their pitches and and one of the things I'm sure that they, you know, they all con- get concerned about is having this fear of doing it, you know, um, uh, and clearly, you know, you've been doing it quite a lot. I've done it quite a lot. So 
I always get asked, you know, what, how can you overcome the fear of presenting in the first place, let alone the, you know, getting the structure right? Forget all that for now. I, I just don't want to do it, you know. So any top tips on that? You know, a simple tip is this. The Olympics are about to happen. And what you're going to see at the Olympics are world-class athletes. And we're going to celebrate those that get onto the podium. What we don't know is it took them 10, 12, 15 years to get there. Yeah. If we look at great speakers from history, Martin Luther King's famous, I have a dream speech. That's the podium address, the gold standard. What we, do, what we forget is the hundreds, thousands of speeches he did before that. I'm sure if you saw him 20 years before, he was talking to the back of a bus or in a church basement to four people. And we forget that Martin Luther King because we, we see who's on the podium. So here's the humblest way to when you think about overcoming the fear of speaking is just start. Start humble. Next time you're at a family gathering, it could be Christmas, Boxing Day. If you're in North America, Thanksgiving, just say some nice words to your family of love, compassion, gratitude. If you're in the work environment and it's a relatively safe environment, just take those little steps. Those little steps of, a, of take volunteering to speak at a meeting, volunteering to speak at a, at, a pitch to a, at, to a pitch to a client. Just take those humble steps. They're all deposits in your bank account. The other thing to think about is speaking is stagecraft. And so if you look at the great speakers, think of the Obamas, they actually have a strategy about how they turn from being a president who's consumed with all the world's wonders and a strategy that gets them in the mind to be that presenter. So if you're more spiritual, you could do a yoga pose. If you want to breathe deeply, that's good. Or listen to that wild soundtrack that gets you hyped up. It gets you motivated to be on stage and speak. And if you need to do a pitch in front of clients, it's the same thing. How do you rally yourself up, get that adrenaline going? And yeah. here's the last thing I'd say about, about the fear piece is you should always be scared. Mark Twain said, there are two types of speakers in the world. Those that are nervous and those are the liars. <laughs> We've all seen bands that have like played the same song for 20 years. And they're just doing, going through the motions. That's when the band is no good. Every time you speak, you've got to learn and improve. And that's the way you humbly overcome your sense of fear. And you build that momentum that makes you truly an exquisite communicator. Was there, was there a seminal uh, moment, uh, Simon, when you started you know, speaking? Was there something you can look back on and say that was the, that was the trans transformation time or the transition time? You know, I think for me... It was a gradual point when you put the words aside. The spoken language is fundamentally different to the written language. And so many people, professionals, business people, they get fixated with what they've written and they're going to read that out. That's fundamentally. For me, mm. I think in my career was that point where these notes, these presentation documents don't help me. How, what am I going to say? And when you realize the spoken language, particularly the English language, is, is far more dynamic. If you read all the great speakers, the Churchills, whatever, they're speaking in sentences less than 15 words. Where most people write sentences of 30 words. So speak in the language you're comfortable with. Whatever accent you have, it doesn't matter. 
but speak in that point. And I find for me, as, as uh, in my previous careers, that was the launch pad. Yeah. And you, you said, you know, when you introduce yourself about you helping leaders and entrepreneurs become exquisite communicators. So when, when they do that, are you suggesting to them that they, they, don't, they, they don't have a script? You know what? There are certain circumstances where you've absolutely got to read from a script, right? It could be, you know, HR, the lawyers have given you something and there's absolutely places for that. But you'd be amazed, I often find, is how receptive an audience will be if you step away from the podium you step away from the, the script. And actually people realize not you're going off the cuff, but you're actually more vulnerable and you're speaking more candidly. And here's the other point. If you are so well scripted, you will always lose page nine. Something will happen that'll throw you <laughs> off. So you should be able to speak impromptu and you should be able to speak about your message succinctly, clearly and accurately regardless of what's in the paper and the documents. It's interesting what you say about page nine, because I'm sure we've all, all our listeners have seen this, and I've certainly seen it, I bet you have, where, yeah, someone's come along with all those A4 notes, and then suddenly, you know, there's a bit of chaos, because they, 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 they can't find where they are, and you, absolutely, and then it all falls apart, and, the, you know, they don't need those notes. Chuck them away, get rid of them. Well, certainly those, those big notes. Um, so what would you say to, uh, to people, uh, Simon, listening to this, saying, well, that's all great, Simon, you know, I get all this, but... You know, and it's easy for you to say that because you're an experienced presenter, but I'm, I'm still, a, I, I still can't get myself to put myself in front of that audience, even if it's in work colleagues, because I think they're all going to think I'm rubbish and I'm going to forget what I'm going to say and all this stuff. Yeah. You know what? Here's some simple tips. And it's a real scenario. We've all been there. You're pitching a new product to a client or you're pitching the company for, for, for venture capital, whatever it may be, or at a board meeting. And everybody tells you, you've got 45 minutes to present. So you've done a, a presentation for 45 minutes. And in the ante room, they've said, I'm sorry, things have gone over and you've only got five minutes. Most people default to reading the first slide. And there's <laughs> nothing more embarrassing than people that read slides to you. Because yeah. it shows you they don't have a presentation. They assume you're functionally illiterate. That's why they're reading to you. What I would suggest is pivot to this, is have one idea, just one idea, and have three points to support that idea. This is this three-minute ma masterpiece, because you want two minutes of questions. So three minutes, just have one idea, three points. And good way to think about your three points is go from big to small. So if you're pitching an idea for a new product or service or whatever it may, what is the market today? What is it the segment of consumers want? And how does this product actually help meet their need, their unmet need? Go from big to small. And if you really want to supersize that, put on some bookends. And what I mean by bookends is this. At the front end, front end put in your belief statement. I believe, right? I believe we can solve this problem today. And give them a sense of why you're inspired because people will gravitate to people who are passionate and inspired. So put that as a, as a bookend on the front. Go from big to small in your three points because people want to follow the journey. I can remember three words, three points. He talked, she talked about the market, the, the consumers, that segment, and the product that solves the problem. Most importantly of all, 
Every time you open your mouth to speak, you want to do one thing, and that's influence. Yeah. A decision, a product, a sale. So at the bookend, at the end, have that decision point. What do you want people to do with this? Yeah. I want you to invest in my firm. I want you to buy this product, whatever it may be. Have a clear call to action. Now, you mentioned the uh, the three-minute speaking masterpiece there, and, and that's yeah. clearly you know, one, of, one of your big things. So um, is that what you'd recommend you know, for our listeners then to, to practice whatever, even if they've got a 45-minute presentation, maybe try and do it in the three minutes. Is that what you're suggesting? And then, and then sort of maybe expand it a little bit? You know what? You can always go bigger. It's very difficult to go small. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. what I would even suggest to people is get, you know, get five, literally five plain pieces of A4 and just write some words on them. Simple, humble words. What do you believe about this product, service, or whatever you're, whatever you're pitching? Um, your three big buckets that are in your, that first slide is your big idea. Your three pieces and then your endpoint. Because that gives you clarity. And by the way, when you lose page nine, you literally, the back of your hand, you could put it behind you, one, two, three. It helps yeah. you keep on track. And by the way, you can summarize at the end. I talked about A, B, and C. And it helps because it's not what you say, it's the ideas you plant into your audience's mind that they retain that matters. Yeah. It's interesting that um, because um, I... I did uh, something recently and I used the example of a stand-up comedian. You go for a night out, you see a comedy show, tells loads of jokes, you think they're all funny. And the next day you go and see, and somebody says, hey, how was the show? And you go, fantastic. Tell me a joke. I can't remember any of them. <laughs> but, and I, is that, do you reckon that's the same with the presentation that ultimately it's the, it's the, it's the perception of the, of, the, of the presentation overall where you think it was great, I want to go with that rather than necessarily... Sometimes, you know, do speakers get bogged down with too much detail, do you think? Um, detail's important. And, and I definitely can talk, there's detail and data. That's, those are two different considerations. I suggest your listeners look at Steve Jobs when he introduced the iPhone for the first time, launched the iPhone. You can find it on YouTube. Yep. And he literally has one idea. This company is innovation. This product does three things. It's a phone, a breakthrough internet device, and an iPod. And everybody remembered those three things. One idea, three, th three points. The key piece about detail and data is that people don't buy or believe you based purely on data. There's nothing worse than someone like getting out there with an Excel spreadsheet. And by the way, the, the real clincher is they say something, you can't really read it, but people are not influenced by data. They're influenced by emotions the context supported by data. Yeah. So is three the magic number when it comes to presenting, Simon? I think it it's a great shorthand to put anything into buckets. We've all been to conferences and presentations where they say, I'm here to talk about the 152 recommendations. And you can mm -hmm. see people go in the audience. <laughs> 152? Are you kidding me? But what you could do is say, I'm here to talk about the recommendations from this report. There are three big buckets. One is strategy, one is operations, and one is our future markets. Now, you mentioned earlier about, you know, about people reading from, from slides in particular. So what would be your advice to people putting their slides together in terms of what they should put in them or on them? Mm-hmm. 
the good th rule of thumb, I think, about slides, and listen, they are valuable documents, but the key, the key piece here is a presentation is different from a presentation document. Mm. It's something to refer to, and that's really pivotal because what you say about the document and what you're going to say, that's your presentation, not the document. So many organizations, corporations fret, spend hours, days, being consideration on what goes in the document and don't spend a moment thinking about what they're going to say. And so invariably, this is even worse. You see a, a CEO who probably hasn't even written the document. They've been given it to them in the last minute. And so they do so a cursory glance through it and they're not really, don't really have a presentation of all. So I think there's no doubt that having a presentation document, however you want to do that, is, is valuable, but it's a supporting prop, not the key point of the stage. Yeah. And a key other thing to about, about moving away from the podium, you'll notice in any boardroom conferences, they have a whopping great big screen and a podium normally to the left or right of the stage. What that tells you is the screen is more important than the person talking. You're merely a talking head. If you really want to engage an audience, leave the podium, it's a life raft after all. It's a yeah. life raft. And literally walk into the middle of the stage and command the stage. It's a basic piece of theater, but you command the stage and you command your audience. That's a, that's a great tip. Um, and uh, and I, th I, feel, you know, I feel sorry sometimes for speakers when they've got one of those fixed microphones on the podium as well. So they kind of are forced to stay there and, and you're right. Um, the presentation is about you, not the not the slides, isn't it? Ultimately, and the and the thing on the screen. Yeah, absolutely. So, one of the things I find, Simon, when I'm talking to people about presenting, and we've had a few people on the podcast as well in the past, um, is that generally speaking, the, you know, the people that, like you say, like the CEO, have just been handed the document, they're not very good at practicing the presentation. So, have you got any tips to help people think about how they can practice the presentation without, you know, going spending too long on it almost yeah i mean if you look at prime ministers and presidents they have speech writers and these are really amazing professionals who know the art of the spoken word so a key piece here is again the spoken word is different from the written word so when if you do have a presentation document you have to speak to think about what you're going to emphasize throughout that document. What are you going to say to give color and reflection around that? A simple tip I would use is this. Think about explaining that in all five senses. And what I mean by that is if you have a new product and let's say you are in the food industry, right? And you were presenting to a bunch of potential investors. You might want to talk about what it tastes like, what it smells like, um, how, you know, you know, all of those things, the senses, even if you're in the concrete business, <laughs> right? You might want to say this is a ready mixed concrete that dries in half the time. And you can use language like it's really sticky. And as a result, it dries half the time. It'll save you money. People will remember the word sticky, not statistics around the concrete. So using that color moves you away from a black and white TV to a high definition TV in the words you speak. And in a sense, I suppose, and you mentioned this on your website, you talk about, you know, getting helping people tell their stories with great immense, well, great immense impact. So are you suggesting that when we do a presentation, we almost feel as though we're telling a story? 
Absolutely. But it's not once upon a time there were three bears. <laughs> Stories give gravity to your words. If you have a small vignette that you can explain about a customer and the difficulty the customer's having in accessing or buying your product and actually transport us to their shoes, you will have much more power than saying statistically, according to our website, people are having difficulties with X. Yeah, sure. Right? And so yeah. stories in a business context add flavor, add color to the words. They explain. It's the emotion that can be supported by data. And I think storytelling engages all of those senses. Now, one of the thing, um, you know, one thing that I, you know, I refer to as well, Simon, and you talk about telling the story, but is, um, you know, emphasizing to people about using their voice. So any top tips on how people can use their voice when they're delivering a presentation, just to make sure it's not all delivered in that monotone voice that's going to send us to sleep kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. I would say the most easiest tip is ask to stand up. Right. It sounds, it sounds humble as that, because the moment you sit down, you've lost about 40% of your lung capacity and your ability to project your voice, which is often a challenge for people. You can actually say, would anyone mind if I presented, I, I talked about this and present standing up. You gain that capacity. The second piece of why people get into that monotone, it sounds like the air conditioning unit, <laughs> is, is they haven't worked out what's important in what they're going to say. If you look at an Obama speaking, he will actually raise his voice and crescendo at the most important point. And then he goes back to quiet and crescendos again. But every time he's raising his voice, it is the most important word. But here's the kicker. This is something you can do tomorrow. Every time you have the most important piece you're trying to convey, literally right on the slide, Beside the words, the script, pause, pause, pause. You're not going to read that out, but it's going to force you to stop. It's going to allow you to breathe, which means you get your lungs back actioning. But here's the, as again, Mark Twain said, there's nothing more brilliant in speech than the rightly timed pause. Pauses give gravity to the words you've said. There we go. That's that's a fantastic tip. Now that that neatly leads me in, Simon, to saying that uh, I'm going to ask you in a second just to uh, leave our listeners with one or two top tips that they can implement straight away. But if they want to know more about you, find out how, where to find you or look you up. How do they do that? And I will yeah. put the I will put the detail in the show notes as well. Yeah. So if your listeners want to contact me, my name again is Simon T. Simon Travathan. But you can contact me on elevateyourgreatness.com. And there's all sorts of great goodies and stuff on that website. Fantastic. Well, that's great. So we'll, we'll put that in the show notes. So, Simon, that's been absolutely terrific. So um, as with most of my guests, I usually ask them to finish off with a, one or two little tips that uh, listeners can implement straight away and uh, help them with their with their presenting. So any any thoughts on that? Yeah. As I said, the most, I've got to I'll give you three tips. Three. Great stuff. <laughs> think it, number one, think in threes. Big to small, it doesn't matter. Think in threes. Have one idea. Think in threes. You, will, you can literally have a piece of paper with three words in it. That's all you need to launch into a great presentation, an impromptu presentation, an unseen for presentation. That's really key. The second piece is this. People respond to someone who is passionate and believes in what they're saying. The monotone 
dulls people because there's no passion. Put some energy in passion. People will respond to passion. The chances are the last six people at the conference have killed people to sleep almost. They put them in a coma. The last thing is this, and it's a wonderful tip, particularly if you're talking at a big conference. Start with silence. Because the reality is people are probably on their phones. They're checking where's lunches, where are the bathrooms, the washrooms. Start with silence. And in those 15 seconds, if you can handle 15 or 20 seconds where you say absolutely nothing, you will notice people come alive. Who, what's she going to say? People move forward on their seats, anticipating what you're going to say. You've engaged your audience by doing absolutely nothing. Command the room, look around the room, and then begin. I love that. I th that's a great tip. So there you go, listeners. That's what you've got to do. Because 15 to 20 seconds of silence will feel like a long time, won't it? <laughs> oh, it can feel like an age. <laughs> Simon, I mean that's been absolutely fantastic. So um, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your you know, brilliant tips with the listeners. That, you know, the, this is going to be great for them. So I'm sure on their behalf, thank you very much indeed. Thank you, Trevor. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Well, I really hope you enjoyed that episode, uh, everybody, with Simon Trevathan. You know, really fantastic stuff. Now, I've put all the uh, bits that Simon mentioned in the show notes, including his three top tips. But that third one, come on, let's put that third one into action. Start with 15 to 20 seconds of silence. Now, your thing is, you know, when you've seen presenters, and I'm sure it affects you as well, you know, you, you, it's your turn to start the presentation. So what do you do? You just dive in and you get going straight away, don't you? And we probably go too fast. So let's make that 15 to 20 seconds. Now, as we said in the podcast, that will feel like a long time. And you'll be so keen to break that silence. But if you can hang on in there, not only will it help you get ready and composed and relaxed a bit more, but it'll also, you know, as Simon said, when there's silence, your audience pay attention. So make that happen. Try it out and let us know how you get on. You know, so if that works for you, drop me a note to podcast at trevorleemedia.co.uk and I'll give you a shout out in the introduction to a future episode around it. So some really great stuff. Really pleased that Simon came on the show. Fantastic for that. So don't forget, if you like this podcast and you find it useful, then do share it. You know, share it on LinkedIn or share it with your friends. Leave me a review if you can as well, because, you know, getting feedback like that is really, really useful. So if you, you know, if you can provide some feedback, just contact me. Let me know whether you, you know, how, you know, because I don't know how many, I don't really know who's listening to the podcast. So if you are a listener and you've got this far and you want to share it, that would be amazing. So thank you very much indeed. And. Well, if you think you know, you'd like to be a guest, then do let me know. I've mentioned in recent podcasts, I'm getting a bit more fussy about the guests I have because I get a lot of agents contacting me and saying, oh, I've got this great person. And then I look at it and I think, well, actually, the CV, they probably send it to a thousand other podcasts. So I'm trying to make sure that the ones I deliver for you are really, really good. Now, on the show next week, episode 174, I've got Sean Rhodes. And Sean's going to talk about bulletproof selling. His journey from being a war correspondent to helping, helping you know, businesses with their sales processes and systems. It's going to be a great show. That'll be in episode 174 coming your way very soon. Thanks for listening.